Who am I? Why am I here? Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I shall not seek and I will not accept the nomination of my party for another term as your president. Tear down this wall. And the wall just got 10 feet taller. We're going to California and Texas and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. From Election Day, November 3rd, it's getting dark out. It's, it's election shock therapy. <laughs> now, to be clear, I didn't mean that metaphorically. <laughs> I meant that uh, literally. Uh, time change. It's uh, it's evening time is set in here. Uh, polls have been closed for a couple of hours. Yeah. Uh, we're starting to get a little bit of a sense of at least the narratives of this early part of the election. But let me stress that in, in all caps with bold on, it's early. We have a lot of things left to figure out. But yep. with that in mind, Andy, what do we see at this point? Well, we see a tighter election than maybe some people expected. Um, it's certainly the case that some of the states that we said, you know, we should be watching, um, that, you know, if they went for Biden early, this could indicate that, you know, that we'd have a pretty clear victory for the vice president, um, with the former vice president. That's not happening. Um, Florida looks like it's coming in for Trump. Um, Georgia and North Carolina, Trump leads. Um, you know, Ohio and Pennsylvania, we're not going to know today just because of the way the votes are being counted. So this is not looking like a big Biden victory. And on the Senate side, it feels like it's, um, you know, there's been a couple of flips. You have Tuberville um, flipping the seat in Alabama back to the Republicans, um, and then Hickenlooper um, back to the Democrats in Colorado. Um, those were widely expected. And so not, not real big moves, but nonetheless kind of expected things. So nothing real dramatic yet, but what we do see is a tighter race um, that we might have, and the president does seem very much alive in his re-election bid at this point. Um, and we want to be clear here, Matt, that when we say a tighter race, what we're seeing is a little bit of overperformance uh, by Donald Trump in Florida specifically. Uh, Biden was uh, polling about two points ahead uh, just before the election. Trump appears to be leading by a, about a couple points now in the election. So we're um, uh, we're seeing about a four and a half point, or maybe almost five point over uh, performance by by Donald Trump. Is that yeah, right? yeah. So far we are, um, and and we you know know that um, even if you have sort of a polling error, a systematic polling error that looks like 2016 across um, a number of states, it is still possible for Biden to win. Um, but of course, you know, there's there's no guarantees, right? And so it's helpful to think about pathways to victory. If we assume that Trump is going to win Florida, Georgia, and North Carolina, um, then sort of the the really key states to think about are Ohio and Pennsylvania, um, and also Arizona and Nevada. Um, of course, we'll also have to keep an eye as well on Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. So, so at this point, it looks like you know if Biden is not doing as well in the South, he really needs to um, to do better up in the Midwest specifically. Now, Biden could lose Ohio, and then if he keeps Pennsylvania um, and also wins Arizona, um, he's probably at that point still got the election, but he can't afford to lose Ohio and Pennsylvania. Um, the math doesn't gets really shaky for him at that point. And there is some interesting, and we're getting a little bit micro here, but one of the early counties to fully report in Ohio is Trumbull County, which is just on the border with Pennsylvania. And this is sort of a county adjacent to Youngstown. And in that area, which really kind of mirrors Western Pennsylvania in terms of demographics, uh, Trump is outperforming his 2016 numbers there. So 
that could bode well for him as Pennsylvania starts to count some of their western uh, western counties as well. Yeah, and we are seeing a a you know very much the continuation of a trend um, that we've seen over the past four years of a rural urban divide. Um, and if you just pull up the map of Ohio, you can see the counties that are surrounding um, you know the cities, the main city centers in Ohio are blue. Everything else is red. Um, but you know there's still a lot of votes to be counted in Franklin County, um, which is where uh, Columbus is. It's the largest city, the capital city of Ohio. There's still a lot of votes to be counted in the Cleveland area, um, in the Toledo area, in the Dayton area, and all of these areas, um, and Cincinnati as well, are tending more towards Biden. So there's a lot of votes to be counted, and Ohio is a state that is going to be counting votes um, as ballots trickle in, mail ballots trickle in over, over the next week. So basically, the upshot is we're going to not know the results of this election probably for some time. Um, it might be the end of the week. It might be longer. Um, and because some of these races are going to be very close, um, expect to see a lot of litigation, um, except, expect to see, um, a lot of sweating on both sides. Um, and this gets us into, you know, sort of the, one of the scenarios that people have been worried about is that we're going to have a really close election. That's going to sort of call into question, um, in some people's minds, um, whether it's legitimate. You have the possibility of a split between, you know, the electoral college going one way if Trump wins and the population popular vote, most certainly going for Biden. Um, if that happens again, you know, that's not going to be good for <laughs> good for the country when you're looking at sort of the polarization and how people view the legitimacy and the validity of the system that we use for electing a president. So we're kind of getting into that into that sort of um, that sort of fraught area at this point. Yeah. Yep. Do we have any sense of well, well, let me put it this way. Uh, going into this race, based on the polling and the modeling of the polling, what we could have said was uh, both candidates had a chance to win, but the distribution of wins produced a longer tail for Joe Biden. There wasn't really a place in the model for, for Donald Trump to have a blowout win. There was a place in the model for Joe Biden to have a blowout win. And basically what these early results have told us is we're not going to see a blowout win. Uh, but both right. candidates still have a live shot of winning the race. It just means, but that's what we mean by it's going to take a little bit longer to figure this out. Yep. Yep. Right. And there's still, again, there's still outstanding um, ballots. Um, and some of these ballots are going to be blue um, because we know that Democrats are uh, voting far more by mail than Republicans in many states. Um, and so as these ballots are getting counted, um, you know, you could potentially see, as Chris pointed out earlier, sort of a blue or a red shift potentially. So yep. it's it's going to be a while uh, before we know. Right. And so right now, the, when you look at the map, I mean, everything that's reported, right, are just like, this This looks exactly like what we saw in 2016 with Trump and Hillary, right? I mean, like none of these states are different, right, than what we've, we saw then, right? So nothing's flipped yet. Like, no one, you know, Trump hasn't won anything that he didn't win last time. Biden hasn't won anything um, that he didn't, you know, that, that Hillary Clinton didn't win last time. Um, so we're still waiting for something to you know, to shake, to kind of move us in a dif different direction, to give us clarity on kind of where this might be going. One more factoid to process and keep in mind for the, uh, as we watch these races come in. Uh, 2016 was the first time that every Senate race matched the outcome of that state's presidential vote as well. So every, every Democratic state went for a Democratic senator, every Republican state went for a Republican senator. First time that happened. Uh, it could happen again this year, and that would only be further evidence of, of polarization 
of right. the parties and polarization of the country. So yep. pay, uh, keep an eye on that, too. Yeah, we could do a quick Senate update. Um, so we could look at um, a Maine. Uh, Susan Collins is currently um, ahead of Sarah Gideon, um, but there's a lot of vote to be counted in Maine. That could potentially be a very close result. North Carolina still looks really close. Um, it might be days before we probably be days before we know the result of North Carolina because they will be counting ballots um, for over over the next week. Um, we do know that Tom Tillis, the Republican, is doing a little bit um, a little bit better um, than than Trump is doing in the state. If I'm looking at my numbers correctly, um, Georgia it looks like right now um, in the regular Georgia election, David Perdue is looking is looking in a to be in a fairly comfortable position, um, and that would tend to go with um, with the results that we're seeing for Trump in Georgia. So look for a potential sort of win of for the Republicans in the Senate seat in the regular Georgia election. Um, and there are some other races that have been called as well um, that are unsurprising in Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky, um, West Virginia, South Carolina is another interesting one. Lindsey Graham, who was um, in a very heated election, re-election battle in South Carolina, looks like he is in all likelihood going to win this. There as well. Yep. A couple of the interesting Senate notes. I mean, one is um, Susan Collins is up. It's really early there, but she is definitely running a fair bit ahead of the president's numbers. And so that's not surprising. She's um, more probably a better ideological fit for Maine than the president is, but um, just worth noting. Um, in Arizona, the president's trailing, and that's the state he won last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and But he is, he is actually running ahead of Martha McSally. Um, the Senate can- candidate, not by a lot, or the senator, actually. She's, she's appointed to the Senate two years ago. Not by a lot, but that might matter. I mean, so even if, you know, if you might imagine like Trump wins Arizona narrowly or he loses, right? Um, that suggests that her Senate bid is in very bad danger, which we've kind of known. And she was the other Republican senator we thought was probably pretty definitely heading to defeat. Um, there's no real reason to adjust that expectation at this point. Another uh, key Senate race to keep an eye on is Iowa, uh, where Joni Ernst and Teresa Greenfield are, um, you know, basically in the polling have been in a dead heat. Um, as of the recording of this podcast, only 20% um, of the estimated votes have been reported. Um, so there's probably uh, a ways to go in that counting process. But Iowa is considered one of the, the closest Senate races in the country. Yep. All right, guys, we got to sign off for now, but we'll be back in a little bit with uh, at least one more wrap-up tonight before we uh, sign off for the evening. Uh, Thanks for listening to us, and until the next time, go Royals.